Welcome to Indigenous Success. Doing it, thinking it, being it. With Dr. Caitlin Barney and Professor Tracy Bunder. Hi everyone, I'm Caitlin and welcome to our podcast series, Indigenous Success, Doing It, Thinking It, Being It. I'd like to start the podcast by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land where we're recording this today and pay my respects to their ancestors and their descendants who continue to have strong connections to country. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where you're listening from today and pay my respects to them as well. The podcast series focuses on what works in outreach programs for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander school students. This series is part of a suite of resources developed from an equity fellowship that I undertook in 2020, funded by the National Centre for Student Equity in Higher Education. It focuses on success factors that are based on key findings from the fellowship. Each episode is an interview with an Indigenous staff member or student about aspects of effective outreach programs. I'm a non-Indigenous woman born and raised on Jagger and Turrbal country, and I'm joined by my co-host and colleague, Professor Tracy Bunder, who was part of the advisory group on the fellowship. Hello, everybody. I too would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of country, irregardless of where you may be. I'm a Noogie Waka Waka woman, and I am currently the acting director of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Studies Unit at the University of Queensland. Caitlin and I decided to call the podcast series Indigenous Success, Doing It, Thinking It, Being It, because there are multiple understandings of success in this context. What are the influences that lead to success? What life experiences help success? Do we have to think about locations and the context that lead to success? And what are the cultural matters that inform success? You may also hear Caitlin and I use the terms Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, Indigenous, First Nations in this podcast. And we want to acknowledge this and note we are aware of the diversity and the different aspects on the use of these terms. We hope that the podcast series is useful for outreach practitioners working with Indigenous students, but we also hope the podcast is useful for anyone who has an interest in student equity and student success in higher education more generally. The focus of this episode is about the benefits for Indigenous students in participating in outreach programs in early years of high school. And our guest is Alyssa Armstrong, who participated in outreach programs at University of New England in both their junior and senior outreach programs. And she's also worked as a mentor on the programs. So welcome, Alyssa. Thank you. Alyssa, can you introduce yourself in whatever way you feel comfortable? Hello, I'm Melissa Armstrong. I'm a proud Gumbenga woman from Grafton, New South Wales. I recently turned 20 and just finished the snow season up at Blue Cow Perisher in Jindabyne. Can you tell us about the outreach programs that you participated in while you were at school, Alyssa? My first Darala Girls Camp I attended, I was in year nine. I can distinctly remember being in year eight and watching my friends that went have such a fun time and being like, I have to hand in my application next year. So I was very much like on it next year. Yeah, it was such a great opportunity to go and it was really eye-opening for me, especially just seeing how accessible uni was and not so much like an outlandish thing like, oh, going to uni so hard, which everyone makes out like it is. And going to Orala was definitely a step back and they they like unwinded everything and they were like here are the steps and the procedures you have to take to be able to go and yeah it was such an eye-opening like thing for me and there's a lot of the other girls too like you we had a lot of girls that came to the camps and they were 
from really um, like, you know, isolated towns and they didn't really get to see what happens at uni that much. I guess I was a bit luckier. Like I was from Armadale, which is where the UNE is. So I was more like, oh, the uni's there. But yeah, it was such a good opportunity for those girls to go there and see how accessible uni was. The programs in place and like the scholarships in place to be able to get there. Because a lot of people thought, well, like you had to get a really great, good ATAR to get into what you wanted. Linda Lynch and all the other people there made sure that we knew that there was like different programs and different alleyways to get into uni. So we all felt like this is a place that we can attend and it wasn't just like so outlandish. Thanks, Alyssa. So I think you participated in those outreach programs in year 9, 10, 11 and 12, didn't you? Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about the benefits, particularly participating when you're in grade nine? Because, you know, one, one of the findings of the fellowship was, you know, the majority of outreach programs are aimed at students in years 10 to 12, but that earlier outreach to Indigenous students is really key. And there's also other research done by Maria Rossidi that talks about that and the timing of outreach. So could you tell us a bit about particular experiences participating when you're in year nine and what you think the best aspects of that camp were? I saw a lot of girls come in and they just would not talk to anyone, wouldn't lift their head up for anyone. And at the end of the week, they were the biggest loud mouths. You would like, couldn't stop them from talking and you wouldn't stop them from having an opinion. And it was just the most beautiful thing about the camp. It just brought so many girls that like, were from these homes where they were pushed back into this role or this like identity. And then they came out to these camps and they're like, this is who I am. And this, I'm going to let you know, this is who I am. So it was like really good to see a lot of girls gain a lot of confidence from the camps where they wouldn't have gained it like really anywhere else. Because another great thing about the camps is at the start, when I went to them, they were really small. They were like, it was only certain amount of people can get in. Cause that was the funds, I guess they obviously had for the programs. So it was very much one-on-one. You had a lot, of, a lot of opportunities to have a lot of one-on-one access with mentors and teachers, I guess you call them. Yeah, it was very much a good pathway for someone like that is so young and the world is so daunting to go there and be like, oh, well, it's much more, much more better and much more accessible. I just feel as if getting to them younger is the best, the, the best time to get them. It's before they have issues i guess i'd say because going to these camps is a as i said it takes them out of these stereotypes and these roles and they're not around their family and they're not around these people that tell them who they are and they're like well this is who i am and this is what i can do like let me do it like these are my interests i want to go to uni like let me do it (laughs) at school like personally i was tokenized a lot because i was one of those high achieving like indigenous people that did really well so like let me put you on the like newsletter and let me put you on this and I feel like these programs were a good opportunity to get those kids that weren't looked at so much into like places where they felt like they could achieve high. Because as someone that I had parents personally that wanted me to go to uni, like I've, I was always told uni was like something I could access. So going to these programs, seeing these people that have literally had no one out of their family graduate was really amazing. Cause they were like, holy, like, wow, like this is something I can do. And it was really good because like, I feel the issue is with kids not graduating and kids not going to uni at the moment is the vicious cycles at home. We've always known that, we've always been aware of it, but we're not doing much about it. And I feel like these camps where you're able to take a step out of home, situation where you're by yourself and around people that actually want you to succeed, they're gonna have these like terrific, like, oh wow, like people aren't putting me down. People aren't like being like, oh, well you can't go to uni. 
So it's good. These programs should happen more. And yeah, not just be like, because at the start when I attended, they were only for Armadale people. And then when you'd reach out and then we had Sydney people the next year and we had like people from really rural people the year after, like Linda really reached out to so many kids and gave them so many opportunities. It was so beautiful. Thanks, Alyssa. That was really great to hear your perspective on how those programs can build students' self-confidence and self-esteem and sense of belonging at university. Can you talk a bit about any connections or networks with other students that you made in those programs? I definitely made some friendships that I never thought would have ever happened. I definitely made connections with girls in Armadale that were really meaningful because having that connection of being Aboriginal in your hometown. Like I moved from Grafton. So it was, I always felt like an outcast, especially in my community because I wasn't the Aboriginal like landowners of that land. So I always felt like I was a bit of an outcast. So going to those camps definitely made me feel more connected with those girls that I once felt like put me out. So it was good. And on those camps, Alyssa, you were an ambassador as well as a mentor. Can you talk about that experience? I guess it got to the point where I had attended the camps so many times that the routine of the camps wasn't engaging for me anymore because they wanted to bring new girls in to experience the camp that happened last year, but they also wanted to have that like foundation of having those strong leaders in there. So I guess it turned into the point where I was asked if I'd rather come to the camp as a leader and a mentor rather than a student and it was good it made me as like it made me feel more confident as a leader which was really nice and it helped me become more of a strong leader in my school and more proud of like who I was because at these camps it's really it's nice you get to meet these people that are like they're strong aboriginal people from day one they know who they are they don't need anyone else to tell them who they are but like for us girls that were being so young it was definitely a, like such a strong like moment having those people be like, be proud of who you are. You don't have anything to be ashamed of. Like you girls are black and you're proud, like keep it that way. Mm. And it was, it was good. Going from shame to being game. Uh, Post camp follow-up is something that students often noted was lacking when Caitlin was doing interviews um, and students would like to have more engagement past the outreach activity did any of the programs have post-camp follow-up and if yes what happened after the camp I wouldn't say there was post-camp follow-ups as much but I did have the camp organizer all the time email me and she had my number like she'd message me and that she'd always be asking me to catch up asking how I was and if there was any opportunities at the uni she'd always be emailing to them to me so it was it did not feel like as soon as I left the camp, I was like out of there. I felt like, oh, I could go walk in there any day and everyone would be like, hey, Alyssa, how's it going? It was good. Thanks, Alyssa. It's good to hear you talk about, you know, that continued connection that you had with the outreach staff there. So what impact do you think overall that the outreach programs have had on you? Well, I now know the steps to take individually each step to take to get to uni so it's as I said not an outlandish idea anymore and I now know how supported I am at like the Armadale uni because of those programs I now know personal people in the like uni so it's not like I don't know anyone it was really good to have those eye-openers it's like well I don't know if any other uni does have um, indigenous like programs like Arala but I definitely feel like having Arala at Armadale made me want to go to Armadale Uni because that support system was there and they always said that if they'd always have a fallback 
if like you needed it so it was good We've been talking about Indigenous success, doing it, thinking it and being it. What do you think Indigenous success means? Indigenous success to me is when I'm not scared of my little brothers attending school and having their classmates put them down in a racist way. Indigenous success to me is when we start putting Aboriginal kids up and when we push them up, Indigenous success will happen all the time. What a great mantra. Let's push Indigenous kids up. Love it. Thanks, Alyssa. Great to talk with you and hear about your experiences doing those programs from grade 9, 10, 11 and 12 and particularly around the kind of self-confidence and sense of self that those um, programs can build, I think, is really important. Thanks, Alyssa. Thank you, guys. Caitlin and I both want to thank you for joining this podcast series, Indigenous Success, Doing It, Thinking It and Being It. If you've got any questions about this podcast or any of the other podcasts that you may have listened to, please contact Caitlin on her email address, k.barney, that is B-A-R-N-E-Y, k.barney at uq.edu.au. Thank you very much and we hope that you'll join us in the future.